Okay, so first of all, I wanted to give a brief explanation on what rebasing is, because uh, most of you are probably very familiar with the concept of rebasing, but some may not. So what rebasing means is that uh, the supply changes over time in order to get close to, to the target. So when, when the market cap is going up of, uh, of a rebasing token, then the, the supply will go up to match that up. In our case of Robert, the price target is one hour, which means that uh, the, the supply will adjust accordingly over time to make sure that uh, one rabbit is close to, to the price of one other, regardless of what the market cap is. This means that there are both positive and negative. In positive basis, the, the price of, of the token of the rebasing token in this case rubber is above the targeted price which would be up in this case and uh, it expands the so your balance as, as a liquid holder would go up and in the case of negative rebases they happen when the, when the price of the rebasing token is below targeted price and the the supply goes down in order to to adjust back to the in, in Robert's case, the dampening factor is 10, which is the same that Jambi uh, 3 used and that all uses. Uh, what it means is that it takes the difference from the from the market price and the targeted price, and it divides that by 10 to calculate how much the supply should move in that. So if the the market price of one rubber is two rubber it means that it is 100% more than it should be. So, the, the dampening factor is 10. So, it will increase the supply by 10% in that rebating. If uh, the price of Rabe is, for example, 0.5, which means it's 50% below what it should be, then it will uh, reduce the supply by 5%. That's basically how it works. Are there any questions or, or doubts regarding how rebasing works? Feel free to ask. That's what the that's what the call is for. To basically the discuss the things to get So if nobody has any questions, I'll move on. Thing. So the, the difference with uh, the other algorithmic stable coins tokens is that it isn't trying to be pegged to anything. It, I mean, uh, rebasing to have it, it's just a mix. It's just a way to accomplish it. It's not really the, the main thing about rubber. So. One key thing to remember is that there is uh, a fee that is charged on positive rebases, which means that on the new limited tokens in each positive rebase, 10% uh, of it is taken by, by the treasury. So if, uh, let's say, the average starting supply is 1,000, after rebasing 100 new tokens, have been minted. This would mean that 90 
uh, tokens would go towards increasing the balances of uh, each rubber holder and 10 tokens would go towards the treasury. That causes a dilution because if before the positive rebase you had 1% ownership, if you had 10 tokens, for example, uh, out of the 1,000, after the rebase you would have, uh, in this case, 10.9 tokens out of uh, 1,100. So your ownership percentage has diluted slightly and it's less. That's why LP farming incentives exist. Their purpose is to level out the, the ownership percentage that you are holding. So if you are a liquid rubber holder, you will suffer from this type of dilution. But if you are in an NP, you will be compensated from that dilution that this thing suffered through, through rubber farming. So you are basically uh, making it break even and getting exposure to the, the treasury expansion. So some of the tokens that the, that the treasury collects from this positive rebate will go towards uh, LP incentives to, like I said, level out the, the ownership percentage. And another part will go towards expanding it. So the way uh, the treasury works, it's actually fairly simple. It uh, it is meant to sell the rabbit it has when the market cap is way above the treasury floor. So if the market cap is ten million dollars and the treasury uh, treasury portfolio in itself is worth five million dollars, this means that there is two dollars in market cap for every $1 in treasury. So the treasury should sell rubber in order to increase that treasury and get it closer to... And when the, when the market cap is below the value of the, of the treasury, then it will automatically buy back rubber because uh, you're, you're getting a really cheap deal. For example, uh, the, the, the market cap is $4 million and the treasury has to $5 million diversified across many things. It means that for every for every 80 cents that it is spent by backing token, it would receive $1 worth of So it is net profit. And with the tokens it buys back, it can either burn them, which would result in a direct ownership percentage increase of all holders, both liquid rubber holders holders or it can uh, use them for further LP incentives which will also increase the ownership are there any questions on, on that part you can talk I mean you don't have to Stephen, you, you don't have to write it on chat. You can talk. Well, and for when it comes to to the treasury itself, it's managed by the the Stegro DAO, and uh, which is the seven signers. It uses a combination of uh, a Genesis safe multisig. And instead of having fixed signers, meaning that the signers wouldn't be able to be replaced by stakeholders, 
it uses an advanced module which is attached to uh, this uh, Genesis Safe multisig so that it can replace signer depending on how many votes, how, how many state votes each signer has delegated. So if you go to governance.growdefy.com, you can, you can see how many votes, how much state work has delegated, and if you have the state work yourself, delegate to your favorite candidate or signer. Anyone can be can be a candidate, and if you gather enough votes, you can you can become a signer. And the the holdings uh, that it would have among amongst many things, it would be LP tokens of the of the rubber pools itself. So the rubber treasury can itself can in itself hold, for example, grow slash rubber LP tokens. It can also hold Ethereum LP tokens. Uh, have LP tokens, so it it is allowed for it to hold liquidity of its own purse, and it can it can also hold PMTs, especially powerful ones. P2 is released because you have a very wide range of tokens to choose from, including the most basic reserve tokens, which be uh, high yielding stable coins and BTC and, and Ethereum, which are in you. And it can also hold more long-term tokens, which might be a little bit more illiquid, but do produce greater returns in the long run, such as uh, staking SMX, also using the SUSD that it needs, staking CRV, to which is the CRV, staking grow, of course, holding growth, and holding stakeable. So that would be the basics on how rubber rebasing works, how the treasury works, how uh, how LP incentives works. Just a quick uh, reminder for for anyone who isn't familiar with with how rewards are compounded, it, it works a little bit differently to to your usual LP farm. The way usually LP farming works in either sushi swap one inch or, or many of the others is that you provide liquidity tokens and uh, you will receive uh, the, the token that you are farming and you have to claim it and then you can do whatever you want. In this case, uh, it doesn't work that way. It automatically gets compounded into more LP tokens. So you don't have to claim anything. You can simply wait around. The, 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 the rabbit that is farmed will periodically be converted into more LP tokens of the pool you are in. And whenever you want, you can uh, withdraw it to either of the person. We have also added the option to both uh, single asset deposit and single asset withdraw, which means that uh, if you are going into the into any pool, if you are going, for example, into the Ethereum rubber pool, you can uh, deposit directly with either just Ethereum or just rubber or both, and it will automatically convert it at the best current rate to to the to the LP level. So that's really comfortable to use because you don't actually have to do the entire process of swapping approximately half of your tokens towards the opposite pair and then uh, going ahead and providing the liquidity on Uniswap, then changing the UI to deposit the farm tokens. You can do it only in a single transaction. It's quite easy to use. And the same same thing for withdrawal. You can uh, directly if you are holding for example 
farming LP tokens of the Grow Rubber Pool, you can directly withdraw them and get Grow or just Rubber. So that's quite easy to use. And that, that would be a really brief overview of Rubber, but I think it can give the idea how it works, how it so it basically focuses on incentivizing liquidity providers by mind we have. The pools will have a very deep liquidity, so it's quite easy to get in and out. And the way the treasury works is actually quite a third profit with the with the token it holds to yielding tokens to in options and it uses the sell function to expand the treasury when the market cap is a lot higher than the treasury and it buybacks tokens when the treasury is higher any questions on on rubber or any thoughts that yeah me uh, say it. Uh, apologies for the for the sound it's probably not that good um but no, 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 don't, don't worry it's i'm using a headphone so um, you always uh, have uh, issues with impermanent loss if you supply uh, tokens to to a pool. Um, for example, you might be able to long uh, Aave and uh, in this case Aave. But um, I'm always afraid that that you might be better off than just longing ETH and Aave, for example, than supplying uh, your tokens to a pool and then get the the, the rewards. That the rewards are less than the the yeah, impermanent loss that you might suffer. Okay. What are your? So I get your point. And uh, for those who didn't know this, uh, pro providing liquidity in a Uniswap type pool, automatic market maker, are basically shorting volatility. Which what it means is that you are betting that the that the price won't move a lot into either direction, either up or down, versus the opposite part, uh, because that's what that's volatility essentially. So if the price remains more or less close to the to the initial prices, then you will have very little cost in terms of impermanent loss. And if it moves a lot, then it will become a significant portion. So there is no way to to mitigate completely permanent loss that's why incentives are given you have on one side the disrupts fees themselves so that's basically the premium you are collecting for shorting the volatility on that specific curve then you have the then you have the the incentives that are given which is how rubber works and finally if you are in a in a pool that has b2 token limit which this initial these three initial pools don't have any B2 tokens in it. They are just a plain Aave, Ethereum, and Grow. But all future pools will likely be with B2 first. So when we add a, a BTC pool, such as Rub BTC, it will most likely be the B2 version of it, pegged to Rubber, same thing for stablecoins tokens. I'm not sure if that answers your question. That's it. That's it. Answer your question. Sorry, uh, misclicked. Um, 
Yeah, I, I understand the permanent loss. Um, it's just more that um, it's it's hard to mitigate, especially with these kind of pools. Um, and if, for example, if you enter a pool and the rewards might be thirty percent a year, then nine out of ten times you're better off than just buying and holding uh, the token. For example, Bitcoin. Let's assume it goes up uh, a lot higher than it is right now. Um, then rafts uh, uh, should go up at the same pace or you might be better off than not providing liquidity at all and just st stick to Bitcoin, for example. So right now, you, if you provide liquidity, you bet on the fact that uh, RAF will go up and hopefully grow at the, at the same pace or at the same rate. Uh, but it could be, it might be possible that the RAF doesn't go up as much as grow and then you might be better off just holding grow or put it in stake grow. Um, so that's always a gamble, of course. And if it plays out, you, you get nice rewards. But I find it hard to determine what could happen to RAF in this case. I, uh, you know, let's hope for a lot of access. But um, providing liquidity like this, is, is there's, there's more to it than just throwing your money in and uh, it works. Because it m might not be the best option to do. So that's more my concern. Jesper, it, it's basically a trade-off that you are doing. Um, it is meant to level out itself because if you have less liquidity providers, so if less liquidity is being provided in general, then obviously the APYs are going to go up. And if uh, more liquidity is being provided because people think that it is a better opportunity than just holding on to the token liquidity, then the APYs are going to go down. So it, it basically regulates itself. If people think it's not worth it, then the APYs will go up to compensate it, and if uh, people think it's really worth it, then the APYs will go down to compensate it. It works just like that. Hope that solves. Yeah, but in, the, in this case, uh, most of the times, if, if there's a high API, more people join, more volume, but the volume is spread out of, uh, spread onto the, all, the, all of the people that joined. Uh, so in the end, you'll probably have a pool that's on average compared to other pools, because if you get too low, people leave, and if you become high, people join. Um, so in what do you do you know what the average return is on a pool um, on fees? Well, the APY, like I said, depends on those three factors. One would be the, the swap fees compared to the liquidity. So it not only matters how much volume there is, but how much liquidity is there to to share those fees, the higher liquidity or the same amount of fees, then the lower the APY will be gone. Then the, the other side would be the, the VAB incentive. Finally, the, the yield that is coming from the from the B2P and P, if it's a pool that it's holding. So no, there isn't really an accurate way to predict how much there will be. I, I do think they will be decent, probably above 50%, but that's just a percent. I guess just a bit be lower, it could be higher, and uh, some pool may be a lot lower, and some pool may, be and it also buyers widely. So, so I can I can't really give you a fixed amount of yield or a fixed APY because I don't even know. We will have to see I guess, the exact numbers come out and how the how they evolve. Yeah, and luckily you can exit quite easily too. If if it's not if it's not what you want, then uh, 
you can always switch out, uh, and if the liquidity is deep, then you shouldn't have to suffer from from much slippage. I see yeah. one question in chat. Why did you choose Aave as the first product to rebase? What would be the next rebase token? Okay, so first of all, there are not there aren't going to be any more rebase tokens because, like I I explained, rebasing to Aave is just uh, a mechanism that we have to expand and contract the treasury and also to reward the fees. It's not it's not that we want to have a, a rebase token for every token out there. So if you were thinking that there would be a rebasing token for Aave, another for Steam, another for BTC, it won't be the case. We just need one because uh, the mechanic itself is what we are looking for. And we chose Aave because, first of all, it represents very well the DeFi market. It's it's one of the highest DeFi tokens by market cap. It also has a, a very low inflation rate. If you look at the supply or to the total supply and everything, then it has one of the lowest subversions because it doesn't have how I many implemented at the moment. You have a lot of liquidity for it. And also since it's a money in market protocol, it has exposure to to too many, too many of the things that make DeFi great. So you have lending and borrowing on the side, you leverage trading, like margin trading on another, you also have your farming. So basically, it's the best representation of uh, of DeFi. And we, we could have chosen uh, the DeFi pools index instead of Aave, but the issue with that is the it holds some tokens which are actively being farmed and down. So we believe it's better to just stick with up. And in this case, it's very important to choose it as the rebasing token because it would be one of the most incentivized pools. So we wanted the we want to have a token, in this case have it, that will do well in the long run. So that Rabe is linked to that performance. That's why. That's your question. Are there any others or any comments? I would like before we move on to PMTC two, how they how they synergize with everything. One last thing I, I wanted to to say is uh, how grow benefits from Rabbit. So you you have multiple points. First of all, the the contract the farming contract that compounds the liquidity and everything. It's after all a type of G token strategy, so it does have a performance fee. The default one said that ten percent. But this could be changed in the future, probably to to a lower one. But we will have to see how much if I. And basically, what it means is that the the growth treasury is actively getting LP tokens of all the rubber incentivized LP. So if it it is automatically building it, so if there are, for example, five million dollars 
LP, in LPs and the, the APY, the average APY among is 50%, then 10% performance fee, would mean that it is getting around 5% annualized fee on that $5 million, which would be $250,000 worth of liquidity per year. So it's actually a, a great revenue source for 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 the for grow and it's treasury to later do buybacks. Yeah. Then you also have the fact that the that the private treasury is managed by by the state growth out. So that also increases the worth of a state growth as a governance token. And uh, well, of course, if the private treasury holds any PMPs V2 tokens. It is not only getting yield on them, but it is also adding to the fees collected by the by the growth protocol. And same thing with the incentivized LPs that uh, have pitching. So as a whole, it is uh, a big revenue source for growth. It, it can collect an, a substantial amount over time. Well, of course, uh, Rabbit itself is also benefiting from the deal opportunities and everything else that will happen. So that's why they synergize. So what one has uh, the, mean, the means to actually grow the portfolio. In this case, it would be PNTs V2 and other types of uh, strategies that uh, grow DeFi offers. And the other has the, the capital, in this case, the, both, the, both the LPs and also the holdings of the so that's why they synergize so well too. I leave one minute in case someone wants to to ask any questions or or feel free to to comment on things. Your your opinion. This is a community call after. And if there is anyone who wants to speak, we can now Okay, so if nobody wants to speak, I'll move on to PMTSP2. In a nutshell, uh, what they are is the the next logical version of of B1. So B1 was a good start, but the problem with it is that uh, the the gas costs are high, and they're high because it wasn't fully optimized for it, and this is something that happens to all the other algorithms. It's not just uh, B1, okay? And it also had the one person, well, it has, because it's life at the moment, it has a 1% deposit and withdrawal fee, which made it less appealing to some individual user to use, because they don't want uh, a very high Entry barrier, even though it will mean higher, higher rewards. They prefer a lot more flexibility and having the option to just be in a pool for, for a week or just a So that's where B2 comes in. First of all, we have a lot of uh, gas station around the world. So previously on B1, the gas cost 
were approximately 370,000 gas for a non-rebalancing deposit or withdrawal. And this has been lowered to to below 100k. I don't have the, the exact numbers yet because we still have to test and perfect some things, but it will likely be below 100,000. So that's uh, close to a 75-80% reduction overall. And especially now that Ethereum is at all time, I don't have time highs and the, the gas prices don't seem to have slowed down. So the gas is really important and it can on average save between 30 to 50 dollars uh, for every deposit and withdrawal, which is a significant amount and considerably other. The next thing that has been done is removing the deposit and withdrawal fees. So now it's 0% fee to enter and 0% fee to withdraw, which gives a lot more flexibility. Uh, we have also remodeled the way that rebalancing for PNCs works. So for anybody who, who isn't familiar with, with what PNCs are, they stand for portfolio management tokens. And their goal is to aggregate different yield strategies for for a token and to maximize it. So, for example, uh, the PMT of Ethereum may be using uh, a curve strategy as the as the default one to to generate uh, a high yield. For example, the, the most profitable ones at the moment for Ethereum are the FTS and the SE curve pools. But it can also have a lot of backup strategies. Uh, case these ones either stop working or their deal gets too low or anything else. For example, in IPS Ethereum, Malfamora 2, uh, adding GC Ethereum, uh, other strategies with Ethereum, a lot of other things. And in terms of there was just a 1% deposit fee and 1% withdrawal fee. Now that has changed. There are no longer any deposit and withdrawal fees. There aren't uh, management fees. So uh, the profit uh, that the user makes and the fees that are charged onto the user. The protocol itself isn't making fees either. And they are charged at the strategy level. So to illustrate how that would work, uh, let's take the PMT of DAI, for example. So first of all, the DAI would flow itself. Then most of it would go to the default strategy. It could be a core for strategy that uses DAI with certain pool. And uh, it would compound, in this case, the CRE rewards, the treating fees, and the lending KY within the tokens holds in the pool and the performance fee is collected on. So the, the the growth treasury in itself collects the performance fees in the strategy token. It doesn't collect them in the in the PMT. So in this case it would receive uh, a strategy tokens that represent uh, curve LP tokens within a certain pool, which could then later be withdrawn, reduced for, for anything else, including buybacks of growth and then distribution towards the stake growth. So on a stake growth, as, as many of you already, already know, we have the, the basic structure of 10% the staking fee in and out, which is to incentivize only long-term holders to have 
uh, if they grow, this is a really key part because uh, the DAO depends on it, and also both the Rabia and and growth treasuries depend on. It. So you don't really want to have malicious actors that might be interested in just buying the token to to manipulate the governance. And it has uh, it has an increasing rates both from the fees that are incoming and also from the holdings that the treasury has. For example, uh, if the if the growth treasury is holding some LP tokens for the grow rabbit LP, then some of the profits it makes there can later be used to buy back grow and send it to the stack grow contract to increase the grow grow rate. And same thing with the performance. So uh, one thing that grow that differentiates grow from from other deal aggregators, such as farm and all the others is that it doesn't offer farming rewards in native token, which means that you won't be getting any growth when you are using PMTP2 or, or anything else. And this uh, lowers significantly the sell pressure on the token because you don't have people which are, in this case, farming growth and dumping it on the open uh, just to profit a little bit. And if you combine that with the fact that the on one speech is implemented, there will be a constant stream of fees which are used to to increase the price of grow and also to take it out of the circulating supply moving it to a stakeholder, then you have a, a nice review on both how V2 PMTs and how uh, Brave will work. So uh, I have finished my my pitch first, and if anybody has questions or wants to talk about it or or anything else, then feel free to do so. I know some people were asking about automation and how that takes a role in this, but I mean, it's really not possible, is it? There's no flexibility if you're building automation into this, and it probably would increase risk having more complex smart contracts. So I get why there's so much manual stuff going on. Well, I'm not sure which part that you're referring to, but most of the things are automated. For example, the 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 Bobby LP contract, instead of having you claim the tokens itself and then choose what to do with them, it automatically compounds them into more LP tokens. Same thing with the with the other factor. For example, a PMTs B2, you have several functions. So on one side you have the the most used functions, which would be the deposit one, which are optimized for gas. Then you also have the rebalancing function, which works uh, to, if, if there's an excess in liquidity, which means that there are a lot of liquid tokens held by the PMT contract, that you can uh, call the function to move some of those tokens to the default strategy to, to basically increase the APY, the deep generating. And if uh, there are very few tokens, which means that the liquidity on the contract is low, and that could hurt uh, the, the withdrawals, because if you are trying to withdraw more than the liquid amount available, 
you won't be able to. You would have to first trigger a rebalancing recalculator reset for each other and then be able to withdraw it. So I'm not sure which part are you referring to recalculation. Most of the things are actually yeah, I was referring to like the buybacks and distribution back to stake role holders and stuff like that. Yes, that 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 has to do with the with mainly the the gas. Yep. Because you can't uh, do it efficiently in order to transfer sample from Grover strategy tokens back to grow and then sending it to a stake and also you can't really have very predictable buyback times unless they are a really constant stream because uh, you will have front runners and explore and others taking advantage of the situation if for example you were to know that a hundred thousand dollars worth of growth would be buyback than exact time then you would see a lot of front running before that. So, and that's why we have the sticker DAO with the, with the, because they are meant to be the, the most trusted members by, by the community, by the stakeholders. Are you still there, safe? I have a question. Um, will the isolated strategies still be accessible for advanced users? Hey, Safe, can you still hear us? I don't think he can hear us.
He's coming back. Can you hear us now? Hello? We can hear you now. Yeah, we can hear you again. Okay, I will ask my question again. Um, will the isolated strategies still be accessible for advanced users? I mean, they might not show up in the uh, front UI, but uh, yeah, are they still accessible somehow? That's a good question, and some strategies may be limited and whitelisted for for PMT use only, because it also limits the the possible exploit opportunities by only allowing the treasury and or bridge contract to to use it. But uh, there will be some some strategies, especially for for final piece. So to put an example, if we are talking about a G token that uh, automatically com compounds the, the SUSHI tokens farm, SUSHI piece or one each piece, then that would be something that would have its own protein. So, whitelisted strategy tokens uh, that only PMP can use, and also a public strategy tokens which anyone can use to build up their portfolio. So, did I get it right that so uh, only some of the isolated strategies will be accessible by public, and some of them will might only be accessible for the treasury? Correct. Yes. Not all of them will be, okay. will be accessible by by everyone, because uh, if if the user base isn't going to be there, then it's actually safer to just leave it. To the original. That's why some might be just whitelisted for those specific contracts that use, and others may be public, so that anybody can use them, especially for for LP farming. But if you want to, if you want to, to increase your die stack, for some, the most straightforward will be just using. PMT the strategy tokens will will be used more for non single asset tokens, so mainly tokens. Okay, thanks. So I think we can wrap the, the communicable up, but if anybody to something before feel free to How are things going with the new developer? Is that all good? Yes, all all, the, all good in that front. The UI developer. 
Hey, Corin. Hey. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, just uh, just want to give an update with the UI and you and the new UI developer. Um, yeah, I mean, R Richard just joined like the last week. He's been getting. He's a uh, very senior guy who has a lot of expertise in this U UI stuff. Um, he he's been like adapting to this DeFi. So we we had a, like a, a period to like <laughs> catch on. Um, right, right now we're working together to to on the Rave UI, but I, I mean things are are going well overall. Awesome! Thanks for all yep. your hard work, man. I know it's been a long road. You too, <laughs> safe. <laughs> no yeah, no, no worries. We're we're here for the long term, dude. So I have one more question. Um, uh, when Rav is released, uh, what's the marketing plan? Can you repeat the question, please? I didn't hear it. Okay. Uh, when Rav is released, uh, what are the plans for marketing? Uh, getting the word out, uh, maybe something more aggressive to compare to other protocols. Uh, well, what's the plan to get more people in? Well. Like I've said before, of marketing, but the general idea more marketing through the general example with an articles YouTube. You're kind of breaking up a lot. Okay, I that I'm not really the one in charge of marketing, but the general idea to push forward more more with an article. Um, more beauty. because I, I think that with B2, especially once uh, people try it out, and see the, the actual of getting in and out and how we see it to actually use them and profit from it, uh, that would be the, the building block. Also, the part. Yeah, yeah, so, so to, to complete uh, saves ideas, I know we're, we're uh, maybe. We're, we have a new um, designer on the team. That's, I mean, that, that's what we're looking, just to give more, like, more identity to this Raven and general growth project. And I, I guess Mike has mentioned some uh, plans for, for the marketing. I'm, I'm not sure if we can disclose everything, Mike, if you're here on the call. But yeah, there's a, a marketing plan. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, guys? Can you hear me? Yep. Hey. Um, yeah, as far as the marketing going, um, I'm really excited to, to let you know that um, within we're going to start the marketing um, really heavy um, starting on Monday, this following Monday, the 25th, and really ramp up during the week. We, we have a really good lineup of influencers that uh, um, are all really great guys. I've got on um, many calls with with each one of them so we don't you know have anything like uh you know crow's verse video which he completely redeemed himself for and everything um through his following ones but uh yeah i've uh, personally got on the call with with all the different influencers that we have lined up and uh really you know um got down to 
what we're all about and everything and getting them on board. And they've all been very excited with uh, what we have in store. And uh, they're all very excited to even, you know, use the, use the product themselves and then do updates within their, their following videos and everything um, and see how their investments are doing and all that. So, no, I'm really excited with the marketing for this. It's, it's been a very easy sell, um, you know, quote unquote, to, to the different influencers and everything. It's, a, it's quite a um, technical, but at the same time, simplified um, thing that we're doing with Rave. Um, yeah, if there's any other questions towards the marketing, um, we have a whole bunch of write-ups coming out and uh, pre-rolls throughout the week that will uh, really ramp into um, deep dive videos um, just before the launch of Rave. Is there any other questions towards towards the marketing? Were the influencers mostly excited about uh, using Arve, or um, were they ex also excited about like uh, using the PMTs proper version two? Yeah, definitely both. I mean, for um, you know, first first things first, the the main focus is Rave, but we have ex I have explained to them everything that's coming down the pipeline with PMT version twos. And uh, just the, the idea of um, within this crazy space of, of, you know, spending an arm and a leg on the gas fees and everything with what we're doing with that, they're, they're very excited to see that. And that's very marketable um, just in itself. But then, I mean, the, the yields that we'll be able to, to put out on those are, I mean, quite excitable for people. Yeah, exactly. I would be so excited to see influencers. Um doing follow-up videos on their yields, you know, showing showing of the yields, that would be pretty much a big deal in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, for, for a lot of uh, the influencers that we're talking to right now, um, Rave has been a great way to, to open the door with them and, and grow a relationship, um, which can then turn into the more... Um, difficult stuff uh, understanding the ins and outs of the the growth DeFi ecosystem which uh we all we all know is quite quite insane at at, uh, at times but uh the way that safe um lays it all out for us and everything has been amazing and uh yeah through the relationship growing with these different influencers that i'm talking to through rave will definitely um they'll be you know their ears will be more open to to getting into the technical stuff of growth DeFi. I have another very speculative question for SAFE. <laughs> um, I, I remember you mentioned the potential stablecoin in the future. It, but um, yeah, you know nothing set in stone yet. I'm just wondering, like, what kind of? Can you repeat it? The the connection is breaking up a little bit. Okay. Um, I remember you said that there might be a potential for a stable coin within the ecosystem. Um, nothing set in stone yet. But uh, I was just wondering what kind of. Um, 
level we need to reach to make this possible? Like, for example, is there some number for the treasury or something you have in mind where you feel at this point this is getting a realistic scenario? Well, I mean, there, there are many, many options uh, for, the, for the future of Rogue DeFi, which I don't really talk about them most of the time. The, the stable coin part that I really want. Which in Russia would be uh, wrapping up uh, the an index of with within a more marketable and friendly to use token, which you can simply hold and expect to the dollar and it rebases positive uh, every day or every few hours, and you are basically just holding it in your wallet like DAI or USD. It out of band if it goes up, you know, and the treasury can profit from the difference rate between B2 and the actual rate offered for it. And you would have to include insurance cover and other things to make it safer. But yeah, it's, it's just an idea. It could take off if we have, uh, first of all, a good sized treasury because. We will be hacking it. Secondly, uh, a larger community, larger user base, larger in general. But I, I think above uh, 100 million TDL, maybe around 10 to 20 million treasury assets held that exclude uh, liquid growth holdings would be a feasible point to, to consider actually added that as a but like I said it's just a, an idea that most likely will never be included, but it's something to keep in mind that could value others okay thanks I, I think I got an idea of the potential requirements we would need to start something like this uh, but uh, yeah, I hope you follow up on this idea. I think there is a huge potential inside this idea. Are there any other questions? It, it doesn't have to be related with with Rabe or PMTSB2. It could be just uh, general questions about grow, they grow, how it works, what its value it doesn't have to be specific to to the thing this So save one question here and because I think most people here will be interested in hearing this. So, uh, I mean with, with the release of optimism of the layer um, two. Uh, I mean, I'm not very catch on on this uh, development, but will it be possible to migrate some of Gru's ideas into L2? Okay, so optimism is, is a type of rollup of rollups. They call it in rollups, okay. and they have been working for for several months with synthetics and preparing a demo. You see it and it recently went live on mainnet uh, with uh, synthetic test taking 
actually being live right now, there's. And they are adding more features in the future, uh, such as uh, adding the, the, the exchange itself. I'm not sure how many people are in general with synthetics, and their synths actually work. Exciting, in my opinion. And building there would become a feasible option. There, there is the necessary compatibility. Something I talk a lot about in chat, and then people ask about whether we are jumping into other blockchains or everything else because Caspi is high. And, but it really depends on the component. Ethereum is currently great if you exclude the, the Caspi because it has precisely that engine with Compound, with Aave, with Kirby, with uh, Balancer, Uniswap. You have a ton of protocols which you can accrue value for, that you can accrue, which is something that uh, any other blockchains for layer two solutions. So that's why I'm closely following it. And it becomes a point where it is feasible to build a product. This could be just supporting X. Okay, that, that's the nice. Into this model into, into, into a layer two solution like Optimism, or it could be something else. But it would become feasible as more protocols develop. We don't have to be the first one. To join train, you can simply optimize gas fees. I've been doing on layer one and watch closely to jump in at the, at the right. Sometimes being early can also be a disadvantage. Okay, that's nice. Thanks, safe. And if there are any other questions? Go ahead and ask them. We can close the call around one hour. Thank you again for all the hard work well, you guys have put into this. Irv, Mike, safe, everybody else. Well, that's our job, so so don't worry. We'll keep doing it. <laughs> so, it's cool. nobody else. I think. Okay, thanks for your time, guys. Thanks, Stephen. I think, I think